I think it's significant that this is a personal letter that is read to the church. You know, a pastor must be skillful in teaching. They must preach the word in season and out of season, week after week, with complete patience in teaching, devote themselves to reading the word and teaching and exhorting on it. Uh, practice these things, immerse yourself in these things, keep a close watch, persist in this. You're listening to the Holy Joys Podcast, co-hosted by Jonathan Arnold and Dr. David Fry. Visit us at holyjoys.org and stay tuned for weekly discussions of theology and ministry practice, all for a holy, happy church. All right, so we're back together to talk about what we are preaching. And that's a segment that we had done several months ago and got away from. Uh, I've been in a time of transition for the last few months. I had been the associate pastor uh, in Central Pennsylvania for about seven years and now have the privilege to uh, be be pastoring uh, somewhere else and had my first sermon uh, this past Sunday and preached on Act 6. So I thought it'd be a good time for us to get back into this uh, short segment, uh, just kind of some pastor's talk, preacher's talk about our sermons and uh, maybe hopefully provide good. some fodder for other pastors out there. So I wanted to kind of set the tone for for my ministry and thought Acts 6 was a a great place to go. It's been influential in me. Uh, We will devote ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. Good. A great place to start. I know we had the conversation among three or four or five of us pastors before your first sermon. I think you asked us the question, uh, what had we preached for our first uh, sermon and I don't remember what my answer was, but it's been so long ago, it seems. Uh, but in any case, yeah, uh, what are we preaching now? So first of all, welcome to uh, the world of being the one who is going to preach. And uh, I don't know if you have uh, anyone else who uh, will fill in from time to time, uh, but it's it's on you now, right? Uh, every Every sermon. Yeah, where I was at before, we had shared the preaching load 50-50. Right. So right. I had been preaching, and, and here they don't have a Sunday evening service. So it'll be about okay. the same number of sermons to prepare per week. But it actually is really nice in a way to consistently be preaching Sunday morning rather than like every other Sunday morning sure. because it's easier to do series, whereas before sure. they ended up getting stretched out. But but yeah, you're right. It is, and it's exciting. Good, good. So I am preaching now, actually wrapping up a series uh, on Colossians Philemon. So I finished up Colossians before Advent, and now all of that's passed. We're in the new year. We're in ordinary time. So I'm, now I'm going to preach two sermons on Philemon, and uh, I will start that this coming Sunday. Actually, uh, I did not preach this past Sunday. Uh, one of the associates uh, preached this past Sunday. And, uh, but I will be picking that up. And I think you have preached on Philemon in the past too. Is that correct? It's been several years, but yes, I did. And I actually preached on that after a series on Galatians and, um, and talked about, you know, how it gives us a living example of some of the the themes that are discussed in, in Galatians, particularly there is no slave nor free. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So that comes up in uh, Colossians as well. Right. Right. And so I've certainly, certainly will make that, but I will make that connection as well. I think it's such a powerful, powerful follow up. So if you are preaching Colossians, and as you mentioned, I hadn't thought of this, it fits beautifully with uh, Galatians. Is that chapter three? 
uh, that that particular verse you just refer- referenced yes. uh, in Galatians yes. chapter three. Yes. Uh, no, uh, you know it's not male female bond servant or 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 uh, free. Um, I think in Colossians he says uh, neither Scythian nor I can't remember what the other ethnic group is that he mentions. But uh, yeah, so beautiful. Uh, connection there with Philemon. So uh, I'll go ahead and introduce a little bit of what I'm doing in that sermon. Uh, one of the things I'm doing in the sermon is presenting the occasion or the um, the nature of the letter itself. I think it's significant. Obviously, the text, we're going to dive into that. I'm going to go verse by verse, you know, li- line upon line through it in two sermons. But uh, I think it's significant that this is a personal letter that is read to the church, mm. right? So it's delivered by Tychicus. Philemon is one of the carriers on this in this group as well. And the letter to the Colossian church is read. They're, they're carrying a letter to the Laodicean church, which we don't have. It's no longer extant, but it was read to the Colossian church as well as the Laodicean church. And of course, they delivered a letter to the Ephesians, which is also now being circulated to the churches of Laodicea and Colossae, which are close in proximity, just a few miles apart. But then there's this personal letter to Philemon. And not only is it filled with some of the most prolific rhetoric of Paul, Paul's writings, but it's read to the church. And so there is an incredible accountability in this. And as I have read through this, you know, we don't know a lot about Philemon, but I have developed this thought in my, this, this image in my head that Philemon must be a, a leader. Okay. So he hosts the church or he hosts a church in his house. Uh, that's apparent, but Paul has a lot of confidence that he's going to receive this in the right way. Mm-hmm. And he does, he does hedge it in to where, you know, there's, he, Philemon's definitely put on the spot, but not just for rhetorical purposes, that too, but Paul really does have a lot of confidence that here's a man who, based on his reputation, probably from the word of Epaphras, who is in prison with Paul, um, Paul has learned this man is a mature believer. Like he will take what you have to say and he will, he will recognize you for who you are, an apostle sent by God, and uh, he will respond. And so I think some of the rhetoric is not just aimed at Philemon, but I think it's actually aimed to the church here as well. And, and Paul knows, again, without having met Philemon, as far as we can tell in person, that Philemon will receive this with maturity, recognizing what Paul is doing. Mm-hmm for the church. So that's going to be uh, really interesting to, to see how all that develops over the next two weeks. Yeah. So I remember coming across Ben Witherington's socio rhetorical mm-hmm. hermeneutic applied to this letter. And one of the ways in which I thought it broke down is that it, it read too much um, 
uh, manip- almost it almost came across in the way that he presented it as though yeah. Paul was twisting his arm and manipulating yeah, him. And I, and I, I don't know. care for that. You know, he says like, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. I appeal to you for my son right. Onesimus. I did not want to do anything without your consent, right? But that it would be mm-hmm. voluntary, not forced. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him. Like, I think that's sincere. I think that's sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm with you there. And I, I like the way you're, you're going about that. So Acts 6, um, I started out by just laying out the seriousness of the practical need that the um, the church was facing. And I prefaced it all by saying that, um, you know, it's really an honor, of course, to be, be here as a pastor. And that in this day, um, you know, pastors have, there's a lot of expectations on pastors. And I was able to kind of draw, uh, my grandpa actually pastored this church back in 1968. So I, I shared a comment that he had shared with me. Uh, many probably would know Barry Arnold that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that today he thinks there's more expectations placed on pastors than maybe ever before. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how when people are pulling you in many different directions, sometimes you forget which direction you're actually supposed to be going. And mm-hmm. I said, there's an identity crisis among pastors. What is it that we're supposed to do? But I said, um, pastors are a gift of, are supposed to be <laughs> a gift from God to the church, right? Ephesians four, and he's ordained the role. And so we want to look to God for, for his, um, you know, for, for his, what he's called pastors to do. And I, I put it in a very positive light. Like what I want to do this morning is look at what God has called pastors to do so that I can make these commitments to you as a church. Um, you've been without a steady pastor for like three and a half years. And I want you to know I'm, I'm fully in, but I started out by laying out the serious practical need that the church was, was facing in Acts six there and emphasize it was serious because it concerned widows and uh, there's a lot of widows at the congregation here. So, you know, feeling the weight of that, um, God, God's a champion of widows and also because they're Christian widows, right? They're members of God's family and how we treat them is, is of great significance. So when you, when you see how weighty this need was that Christian widows, sisters in Christ were being racially, ethnically discriminated against, uh, it, it, it really makes the, the apostles words even more impactful. The first thing they say is, it is not right that we should give up mm-hmm. the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Now they provide leadership in the situation. Right. They propose a solution, but there's th- the first thing they say is just so you know, we must keep the main thing, the main thing we are called to teach the word of God and to, and to commit ourselves to prayer. And then I looked at uh, various passages in first and second Timothy and Titus. Um, you know, a pastor must be skillful in teaching. They must preach the word in season and out of season week after week with complete patience and teaching, devote themselves to reading the word and teaching and exhorting on it. Uh, practice these things, immerse yourself in these things, keep a close watch, persist in this, uh, and so forth. And so I made the commitment that, you know, I'm going to be devoted to uh, the ministry of the word. And I think this is something that, that pastors need to talk about. Like the, we take it for granted that our congregation knows what we're supposed to be doing and that we know what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, but I don't think we can. I think uh, there, there a lot of pr- uh, pressure on pastors to get counseling degrees, mm-hmm. to be graphic designers. We talked about, and I like graphic design, mm-hmm. so that's easy for me. Sure. But for a lot, people can waste hours and hours and hours and hours trying to do these things or be the maintenance or whatever. Maintenance. Yep. So we need to lay out, hey, and then I talked about hand in hand with that is my prayer life. And I, I went back to First Samuel 12, and I'll just say this and be done, but uh, I, because I love this passage and I think it's a great passage for um, for, for pastors. Uh, Samuel says, the Lord's not going to forsake you. He made you a people for himself. As for me, 
far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. So right there you have um, the devotion to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so Mm -hmm. I talked about how, you know, I'm going to pray through my sermons for you by name. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I want you to know that you can count on your pastor. I'm going to pray for you by God's help. Um, and then just end with ended by talking about how the church comes together to be the church in handling this serious practical need under the leadership of overseers and, uh, and ended on that note that we're going to work together as a body to, uh, to help things move forward. Good. So as pastors preparing to preach, perhaps this coming weekend, uh, I would encourage all of us to humble ourselves before the Lord, first of all, in thanksgiving for the opportunity to speak on his behalf, and then humbly approach uh, the uh, sacred office of preaching the word, and and to do so with confidence, and yet with humility, knowing uh, that we are merely vessels in the hand of the Holy Spirit uh, for the good of the flock of God. Thank you for listening to the Holy Joys podcast. Email your questions to podcast at holyjoys.org and they may be featured on a future episode. Our labors for a holy, happy church are supported by generous listeners like you. Please pray about partnering with us at holyjoys.org forward slash donate.